read you this morning from Romans chapter 12. And if you have, how many of you have the Change app on your phones? Pull those out because we're going to use them. If not, download the Change app. It'll take you just a second. It doesn't cost you anything there. But uh, the sermon notes are in there. Uh, I find it's just easier to keep track of it that way. And uh, I appreciate, the, appreciate that they can put that in there. But Romans 12, beginning in verse 9. The Apostle Paul, right here to uh, the church. No, he hadn't visited yet. The church was in Rome. Those who were just a, a small, starting to grow church. And he's talking to them uh, about what love really looks like. And uh, that love is an action verb. It, it's, it's something that has to constantly be ongoing. It says there, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I want to challenge you today. He gives really here 10 rules. Ten Commandments in here for how we ought to live and caring about uh, other people, caring about one another. Rules are important. I played uh, sports, uh, high school and college, and uh, uh, you got to have rules, otherwise it's absolute chaos out there. There's rules for the road. Imagine if you're driving home today and everybody just got to make up their own rules. Sometimes I see that, you know, I'll, I'll pull up here. I love it. It says a lot of times in the city, do not, no turn on red. I'm thinking that's just a suggestion to people around here. Doesn't, doesn't absolutely mean a thing to them. It's just, just suggestion, you know, that if you'd like to follow it, go ahead and do it. But there's a reason that we have rules that we need to follow. And he gives us rules for what it is to be a friend, to be friendly and all. Uh, Kate and I, see Kate just slipped in here. Uh, we were out at John and Katie Everett's, uh, yes, uh, I guess it's Friday night, and we were out there, had the kids. I've got my grandson up here with me to see uh, uh, Ane and to see uh, Zion. And so uh, they're all out there swimming and everything, and there's one boy who'd come over, and his mom told him he couldn't swim, could sit there. Can you imagine a kid sitting there whenever everybody else is swimming? And I watched Caden go over, friend, and instead of swimming with everybody at the pool, and sat down by his friend, playing with him. I had Caden come over and I says, Caden, I want you to know you're a good friend. You did a good thing there to give up what would be the easier to care about somebody else's feelings more than just what would have been easier in your own home and with other friends and different things to be able to play. So that's what I want to challenge you with today is what it is to really be a good friend. So if you got the change app or if you got a piece of paper and you want to write these down, I'll just give you the one word and I want you to score yourself. Where do you put yourself between one and 10? Some of you won't do this, but you'll do it in your mind and think about uh, where you're at on this. There's going to be 10 up. You could look at the end and say, am I average? Am I below average? How am I doing? 
So the first one there, he says, be devoted to one another. And he uses a term here uh, that's a root word both for uh, uh, devoted and then about being brotherly love. This is a city of brotherly love. Not always exemplified in that way, but it's what it's known for is a city of brotherly love in there. And he uses this word, the phileo, uh, in the uh, Greek language to talk about that. But what it is, this devotion comes from caring more about your brother, caring more about your sister, caring about somebody else than you do caring about yourself. How do you do on that? Are you more interested in yourself? Or are you devoted to people? Devotion will cost you something. So just make a middle note. Five's about average. Think about even in the last week or two. How have I done with people with friends? Number two, honor one another. He says, prefer one another. Esteem, build up one another. See, we live in a world that's all about ourselves. The reason everything's about selfies. You know, in this day and time of social media, I will tell you that people who are locked into social media are looking for friendships, but more than just a friendship on social media, they're looking for a friend who will have skin on. See, that's why God sent a son, Jesus Christ, to draw eyes. It wasn't just to die for our sins. See, he told them what it was to live for God all through the Old Testament. But what they needed to see was God's love fully expressed with skin on it. You know, there are people who are hurting all around you. You know what they need? They need to see God's love with skin on Well, I'm trying to point them to Jesus. They don't see Jesus with skin on Their idea of what God is, what Jesus' love is, is what they see in your life. Are you giving them an adequate witness, an adequate opportunity to really know Christ? He says, honor others. He says, build them up. So in honoring, how are you doing that? Is it about you or is it about others? See, if you honor others, God will honor you. Third one, worship with one another. We just had worship service, we call it. And we say we came to Sunday morning experience, a worship experience. Worship is every day and every moment of our lives. He says, be zealous in serving the Lord, joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. See, it's every day, everywhere you go, living for Christ isn't something you can turn on at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning and turn off at about 1130 or even turn on on Sunday and turn off the rest of the week. It's what you live every day, every moment of your lives. See, how are you worshiping? Earlier in this chapter, Romans 12, Paul talked about that renewing of your mind, being transformed, not being like the rest of the world. He says, because this is your spiritual act of worship when you're changed. So we may talk about, we put on worship music, different things. I always told people, they say, oh, well, this is sacred and that's secular. And I tell my kids this, no, there is sacred and there is sinful. If it isn't sinful, goes against God's word, then you know what? God has created it there. Enjoy it. It's really that simple. It's the world that wants to separate and say, well, keep your sacred on Sunday and then recognize secular as the rest of the week. No, it's not. Us living for Christ happens every day every moment of our lives. Fourth one, share with one another. Koinonia. He, he, he takes a, an old word way back from the Greek there, 
they would have had. And he gives it almost a new meaning or a new thing. Whenever he talks about what it is, he uses it again, practice hospitality. That act of being together. He says, you gotta work at it, you gotta practice it. You know, invite people over, invite people out to dinner, invite people to your home. Some would say, well, you know, you don't know what my house looks like or what my apartment looks like, or there's not enough room for anybody, okay? I grew up with, I've got 11 sisters and three brothers. I grew up sleeping three people in a bed. I remember when I went to college playing basketball there, uh, there was this, uh, you know, people were upset on a road trip that uh, they had to sleep uh, two in the same bed. I thought, wow, I never realized you're supposed to sleep that direction. I thought those boards, had one footboard, was keep from rolling out the sides. I never realized, you know, that uh, it could be that other direction. And you know what, with having that and all around the table to eat, the amazing part was my parents would always invite uh, the traveling evangelists, the missionaries to our house for lunch. That's the reason we always fix pot roast or fried chicken. You can just kind of keep expanding it ever how much you need. But I used to always think, why do we have to have them? And sometimes we didn't have enough room because if you can imagine, well, I think the most we ever really had at home any time was uh, uh, 15 between mom and dad. And I think there were 13 kids one time, but around the table there and, and to share. But you know, they took truthfully what that meant. Practice hospitality. Work at it every day. Who can you share with? Who can you give to? But what happens whenever somebody hurts you or somebody comes to your life or maybe somebody becomes a better friend with somebody else and, and you kind of feel like you don't have that same friendship anymore? You know, Paul gets into that there of how we uh, should treat one another. The fifth one he says there, this, he says, bless one another. He says, bless those who persecute you. He says, practice forgiveness. Christ forgives us, no matter how many times we've hurt him, how many times we fail, how many times we sin. And you know what? Whenever somebody hurts you, let it go. I, I've always joked that I need to write a book, that really everything I needed for life, I learned back on the farm, both in how to work and just in the, that size of the family. Because man, we could be mean to each other uh, as kids. I mean, we would do anything for each other uh, and you know, heaven help the, the person who ever attacked one of them. I mean, because you had to fight the whole family. I mean, but we could be mean. I mean, we would pick on one another as we decide who was gonna be that week that we tried to convince they were adopted really didn't belong in the family, you know, we'd gang up on them 14 to one. And, you know, I learned politics of how you go back and forth between uh, a vote of eight to seven on what we were gonna do or how things were gonna work out. And, uh, but whenever people will hurt you, and people will, people are gonna hurt you. People are gonna say things that hurt you. And sometimes they're not even gonna realize they've done it. Sometimes they will intentionally do it, but many times they won't. Paul says, bless, uh, bless one another. He says, don't curse them. And maybe sometimes people say, oh, I just can't stand that person. I can't believe what they did to me. I wish they'd just die. No, you don't. You really don't want that. We'll say things like that. Paul says, bless them. Don't curse them. What if God ever treated us that way? What if God said, you get one chance, Cliff, that's it. If you blow it, you're done. Could you imagine what that'd be? Or how quickly life would end and how, many, how long ago? For all of us, I mean, sorry to pick on Cliff, but I mean, that's just the truth. I am so thankful for God's grace in our lives. Bless one another. He says, empathize with one another. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. When God is blessing somebody, rejoice with them. When they're going through difficult times, be that one that'll stand there, that'll be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And when everybody else may leave them, you won't leave. That's what everybody's looking for. 
We want somebody who will be that kind of a friend in relationship for us. Number seven, I don't know if you're scoring stuff mentally in your head, whether you're above average, below average, if you're giving yourself a number on these, but he says, live in harmony with one another. He says, in Christ, in the church, there's no classism. There's no racism, no sexism. We're all the same in Christ. It's amazing how we tear down another. You know, uh, I I can remember the other side. And, uh, uh, you know, whenever we had to move from the farm, they closed down our country school and we moved into town. And before, the only place we lived was for sales was the only place that had any kind of a minority black population around the city. And so the only place we lived was there. And uh, they were my best friends. I was just as comfortable. I always remember it was amazing. In 1972, some guy from Chicago came in and tried to stir up fights between all of us. Like suddenly, it's like, we never known there was a difference. We just uh, played ball together. We did everything together. We just had grown up together. See, the world will always be trying to divide you in some way. But God gave the gift of his son so that we could be in relationship with him and relationship with one another. We were created for relationship. People say, I, I can live this life on my own. No, you can't. You don't have the strength to do it. God never provided any way for you to be able to do it on your own. Philippians 2 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Number eight, do right to one another. Don't repay anyone evil with evil, but what is right. Don't take revenge. This is hard for me. I grew up in a competitive family. I grew up competitively playing ball. Uh, you hit me, I'm gonna hit you. And I mean, it's like the Lord has been working on this all my life to be that, no. First of all, they may not have meant it, and even if they did, is it anything comparable? And I finally have had to learn, is anything even comparable to what Christ went through on his way to the cross and to die for me? And the truth is no. He says, man, don't repay evil. He says, live at peace with one another. As far as it depends on you, do whatever you can. Be at peace. Number 10, it says, be good, kind to one another. This is something we need to teach our nation again. News this morning, two mass shootings. One in El Paso, the Walmart, 20 dead, 26 wounded. The other one, Early morning, about one o'clock in the morning, Dayton, Ohio. Nine dead, 26 wounded. What has happened to our country? See, and everybody loves to just whip up and, and, and foster hate between one another and, and blame everybody else and the world is right. You know, I remember Stokeville who came and visited America in the, I think it was around 1830, 1840. And they said, that it was said, figure out what, what is unique about America? And he went and he looked at all the resources, he looked at our government, he looked at everything. Finally, when he went to churches, he said, the reason America is blessed and America is successful is because America is good, because their churches preach the word of God and the people live good lives. And he said, if they ever lose that fire, and America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to exist. 
See, that's the thing that scares me for our country. I think God has raised up America. I think he had his hand on it. You study history. I think God has used it as the greatest missions force to share the gospel all around the world. But I'm wondering, is God's hand still on us? Because, you know, somehow we've convinced ourselves we no longer have to be good. We no longer have to be kind. See, one side will say, I hate the president. The other side will say, I hate the Congress. And we want to choose sides back and forth. And I'm thinking, I look at all of them and I think, you've lost it. You've lost the goodness, the kindness. Instead of thinking about what's for other people, what's best for this country, it's simply what's best for me or what can I do to seemingly hold on to power just so I can have a little tighter grip on money. Got a really young crowd here in a lot of ways. I look at a lot of different ones. And I, I see some older ones here too. I'm glad you're here because this younger generation needs an example. They need the wisdom, grace. But can I challenge you as younger ones, if anything, is just choose to be good. Let God bless you. Because you know what? You can have all the money in the world. You can seemingly have all the power. But there can be that whenever I was young, there was that bumper sticker that said, the man who dies with the most toys wins. No, the man that dies with the most toys just dies. And if he doesn't have Christ, he's bound for an eternal hell. We need to be good and kind. So where would you score yourself on this? How are you doing? Are you passing the test today? See, this is just rules that he wrote. We've got one last uh, little clip here that uh, we have from uh, the Toy Story movie. Uh, actually, I'm gonna skip that because I know I've run a little late on time. Let me uh, just uh, skip it. Because I really rather just talk to you here. It's, it's the end of the story. You've probably watched Toy Story. I wonder Woody and Buzz are working together and in the car, the rocket ship to get back to catch up with uh, Andy and his family as they're leaving and all like that and they're moving. And you know, uh, he says, I'm not aiming for the uh, 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 truck or the car. But Woody says, Buzz, you're flying. He says, this isn't flying, cowboy. This is falling with style. And as they go that and they land in the car, like I said, and as they work together, See, what could be a difference in your area of the city and where you're at? If you would make that choice, I'm gonna be the kind of friend that Christ was to us. I'm gonna be the kind of friend that the Apostle Paul wrote about here to people he hadn't even seen yet. But when you talk to them about the renewing of their mind, there's a difference, there was a change. You know, something just came to my mind I want you to do. Uh, grab a pen or a paper, or grab your phone. That's what you always got with you anyway. Open up to the notes section. I want you to start, I want you to make a list of five people that you know need a friend. That they would could use your time, and also they need Christ. Five people. Just, just start to put down names there. You just put down first names. You don't need everything about them, their whole bio and background. I mean, you know who they are. Just put a name down there. Because I just want this to be a reminder this week. And if Christ is bringing them to your mind right now, and that's how the Holy Spirit works, if that is happening, it's because they need a friend. Change Church. We believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at This Is Change PHL.
Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.